0: Basketball. shoot your shot hey come on now shoot your shot hey come on one two, three, two. shoot your shot hey come on now shoot your shot shoot
1: it, shoot it shoot it shoot it shoot your shot hello everybody welcome to the shoot your shot podcast my name is Esfandi Hini alongside via quarantine via skype <laughs> is my co-host Bradshaw for a long? Um, today we have a special episode for you because obviously, still no NBA, still no news to talk about. Uh, although there is some news, uh, the Bulls just found their new GM. Artur- yeah, that- uh, I, I would be deny I would be lying if I knew how to pronounce his name properly, but I know it's Arturus. Um, and I
0: saw I, someone say his, his last name. When someone sees his last name, they immediately think of Coronavirus.
1: It does not like, oh, that's just rude. It does kind of look like Coronavirus. It does. It does. <laughs>
0: that's uh, just rude.
1: He was the Nuggets GM from uh, 2017. He was the assistant GM for the Nuggets um, since 2013. And the interesting thing about that is he was actually supposed to work and be the GM for the Bucks. Um, yeah yeah 2017 but then you know things didn't happen that way it didn't work I out that johnny. way dude yeah they, they they hired johnny um i think i think this is a really good move for the bulls like they actually did something right for once
0: <laughs> well i remember you guys in the chat in our in our group chat we talking about how the bulls were kind of dumb for interviewing colangelo i'm like in my head i didn't say that but I'm, I'm like in my head i was like it's just an interview like i i can't imagine they're gonna be stupid enough to hire brian colangelo i thought it was Kind of weird. They were looking at uh, what was it? Wes Wilcox and uh, you're giving oh,
1: the you're giving the Bulls too much credit, bro. I'm just saying. Like, I
0: think I, I think when you see when you see they were looking at the Denver Nuggets. team and the initial candidates were him and Bobby Webster. It's like they were, it was obvious who like who their prime targets were. They were just getting other interviews around them. Danny Ferry was the other name I was looking for. Danny Ferry and Wes Wilcox. Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. They were looking at those two after what transpired in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Danny Ferry, especially, that would have been uh, a little bit weird of a situation. But I saw this tweet where it's like uh, the Bulls are interviewing every single white GM they could potentially find. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think uh, the first order of business would be for him to find a proper coach. I think that is probably get get a GM as well get a GM as well. Well, no, it wouldn't he be the GM? No,
0: he's no he's the president of basketball operations.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So he would yeah, I, I don't Canada. I don't think he would have left
0: Denver for like a neutral like a neutral position in yeah. Chicago. He has to hire a GM now.
1: Well okay, GM coach literally everything essentially. I think yeah. you pretty much start from the top down and you keep going until you find a way that you can get the Chicago Bulls team to win, man, because it, how long has it been since we've seen the Bulls in the playoffs? I think probably right after the Derrick Rose era. We saw that. Uh, yeah, with like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Dwayne Joe Wade. Dwayne Wade, them. I mean, it, it seems like it's been forever. And, yeah. you know, it's it, it seems like it's also been forever since we've had the Bulls as like a genuine contender. Um, yeah. So, like, it, it's just the downfall, man. Like, to think about what has transpired for that organization after 1998. And it's funny because the last... Dan Stock is coming out soon too, so this is kind of like funny timing for them to hire a new uh, president of basketball ops. But it's just it's interesting to me that they really have been one of the poorly run NBA organizations yeah. since uh, since the nineties. Nick still beat them, but <laughs> the, the Bulls are right up there giving them a run for their money. Two um, of the
0: premier franchises in the NBA, like two of the most popular franchises in the NBA, just can't get out of their own way.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, you know, the, the main conversation for today's podcast isn't necessarily that. It's uh, looking on a more positive note. Today, we're going to be looking at the top five players under 25, specifically in the Eastern Conference. Um, we were talking about what really qualifies. I mean, I'm not sure how how we can distinguish age other than the fact that they're this much old. Um, <laughs> I I made a YouTube video a while back in December, and at that time, Pascal Siakam was 25. So yeah, um, I'll preface it with this: Pascal would have been in my 20 top five under 25 in the Eastern Conference. It's just that he's recently turned 26. So yes. obviously he doesn't count. Embiid, also another guy, he he just turned 26 what like a month ago. So yeah. also doesn't count. But we like I mean dude, even without those two guys, the Eastern Conference is freaking loaded. Um I have a I have a good amount to say about all five of my guys. I want to give a shout out to the guys that didn't make my list but I was heavily considering.
0: Me too. I have a few guys as well.
1: Uh OG Ananobi only 22 okay. years old. It's just crazy okay. to think about the fact that this guy, uh, the jump that he's made statistically from, and I, I know last year was kind of a bad year for him. You can't really talk about it in terms of like a, a leap, but man, the way he's improved this year, both offensively and defensively is something to really admire. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Isaac, for sure, is is another guy. Unfor- he probably, he probably would have been a lot closer up in this list for me if he hadn't gotten injured this year. And I think that's just oh, absolutely, yeah. part of it. Yeah, you know, you know who I was surprised was under 25, and it seems like I've seen in the NBA for like 15 years already? Zach Levine. Aaron Gordon.
0: Oh, that too, yeah. Zach well, Le- the, that was Zach Levine for me. I was like, he has to be like 26 at this point, right? Nope, he's 25.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it would do, I think Aaron Gordon's like 23 or like 24, <laughs> like something crazy <laughs> like that. I'm like, dude, weren't you – what, what, like, how many dunk contests have you been in? Like, you know?
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's 24. He's turning 25 in September. That's crazy.
1: Right? So, I, I mean, it's just crazy to see. He's he's really good. Like, I mean, yeah. for a guy that young, I, I just didn't really realize that. Um, obviously, the guys closer up on the list, uh, I had John Collins up there checking up his statistical yeah, category. I'm trying to brush up on my John Collins news. Ah, there uh, we go. DeMontis Sabonis,
0: who he was uh, the cl- he was the closest for me to breaking into the list. Like he was right, right there.
1: Yeah, for me, who uh, a guy who was a little bit closer than Sabonis was Jalen Brown. Um, I really I definitely
0: had Sabonis him. higher, but I I so I considered Brown as well. Like when I like initially would just rattled off names off the top of my head, I was Kate Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, yeah, like those good guys from Boston. But I think Sabonis was number like he'd be my number six. Like he's really pushing my number five.
1: Like, another guy, Miles Turner, too. I mean, yep. Turner, uh, he's been a little bit of a, of a disappointment. Like, people thought he was going to be a, a certified star when he came into the league, but he's still a very productive player. He's um, done a good job, yeah. Yeah, and he's still young. Like, the, the crazy yep. thing about all of this is, like, one of these guys, any of these guys that we just mentioned, are one most improved type player of the year, year, from being a all-star. or Absolutely. A, right? So... None of these guys are bad. It's just that, you know, they, they're they in a certain range in their career right now. Okay, let's get to our top five. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first with your five? Or are we going five to four? one
0: or are we going to go one to five? I think, I, think, I think one to five is better because I think we both have the same number one because I think it's pretty obvious.
1: Yeah, but I feel... Okay, all right. You know what? Fine. We'll get it out the way. We'll get... Okay, okay, fine. We'll go one to five. We'll go one to <laughs> five. Okay. All right. Obviously... Number one. Number
0: one, which I was actually a member We were texting about this. I was like, oh, I think I said, like, oh, it's too bad. I In my head, I was like, oh, it's too bad. I can't pick this guy because I, I'm pretty sure he's 26 now. But no, he's younger than Pascal Siakam by a few months. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo is still 25 years old. That's kind of crazy to think about.
1: I mean, I think it's undeniable. I think even when you weigh in the Western Conference, he'd probably still be number one. Actually, he is number one. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would. I'm not being biased when I say this. He's probably he's he's still better than Luca. Like Luca has a ton of potential, but Giannis is most likely a two-time MVP now. So
1: yeah, and let's be real. None of these guys have an MVP under their belt.
0: None of them. Not oh, absolutely not. No, like I mean, some of these guys some of these guys can get there. Luca in particular, but. Yeah. They're not they're not where Giannis is right now, and you have to factor that in when you're talking about the best players under twenty five. It's not just potential, it's where they are right now. And Giannis yeah. is probably the best player at twenty five or under.
1: Okay. Look, like Giannis is undoubtedly the number one player in the East under twenty five. It's 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 actually frightening that He's he's, he's the number one
0: player in the East, period. Forget yeah. under twenty five. He's the number yeah. one player in the East full stop.
1: Yeah, and, and, but the thing is, it's even fr- it's more frightening. It's freaking scary that he's still 25 years old. Absolutely, um, yeah. He is one of seven NBA players in NBA history to average 25, 5, and 5 in an NBA season while also averaging a true shooting percentage of greater than 60. He's done that twice. Him, Jordan, Durant, and Braun are the only other players to have done that uh, before they became 25. So mm-hmm. it, he's already in the conversation with four guys. Sorry, three guys who are arguably top twenty greatest players of all time. If yeah. you include Durant in that list, so yeah. but like you said, man, Giannis isn't only the greatest player in the East. He is the next great player in the NBA. When the mm-hmm. curtain is closing on LeBron, it's going to be Giannis's league. It, it's there's no question to that.
0: Yeah, I. I... I think we were talking about it a little bit last night. That I remember when I, I I remember vividly when he was drafted. I was at home watching the draft, and they picked his name, and David Stern stumbled his way through his name, and I was like, "Man, who is this guy?" And <laughs> like, I oh, like what like what is John Hammond at the t- at the time the Bucks GM? What is he doing? Like, I know he's in love with these long guys, but like nobody even Fran Fraschilla, who's supposed to be like the number one like European NBA draft expert. They were like, yeah, like, there's barely any film on this guy. He's two years away from being two years away was the famous line. And now he's, like, he's the be- you could argue he's the best player in the NBA.
1: I mean, I think, without a doubt, uh, it's it's either him, Braun, or Kawhi. And, yeah. I mean, Ke- Kevin Durant's going to have something to say about that when he comes back into the league. But I, I, I really, like, upside-wise, when you look at all three or four of those guys – I don't know how you don't pick Giannis first just because of age, yeah. just because of what he can potentially do, just because of the room for improvement still left in his game. I mean, Braun, Kawhi and Durant are who they are at this point in their careers. Giannis can still improve on his outside shot. He can yeah. still improve on his shoot, uh, his decision-making and his, his basketball IQ. All of this stuff is stuff that he can get even better at, which is, which is the terrifying part.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, like you said, it's it's extremely scary that he's still 25 years old, and he's arguably again he's arguably the best player in basketball. That's it's it's pretty it's pretty weird that he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks and he's this re- and he's this good.
1: I'm curious who your number two is because uh, it's a pretty big jump after Giannis, just because yeah. of how good Giannis is. This isn't to discredit the guy who would potentially be at number two, um, but also you could bunch a. Uh, a couple of guys into this number two category i had a i had a bit of a tough decision deciding between two three and four uh but i ultimately picked this guy what who is uh, who is your number two my number two and i uh, my my my
0: decision was be mostly between two guys so my number two and my number three and then my number th- and then my number four my number five were kind of close but my number two is ben simmons
1: okay yeah my number two is ben simmons as well I'm assuming
0: um, your number three would be Jason Tatum.
1: My number three is Jason Tatum, yes.
0: Yeah. And, and it was for me, it was really close between those two. I think in the end, for me, it was just, I think, when I think of Ben Simmons later on in his career, I think he could have more impact on a... I think you can, trust, you can rely on him more to be the best player on a great team as opposed to Jason Tatum, and that's strictly because of Ben Simmons' defense. I think he's such a game-changer defensively with the size of the point guard position and how he can guard multiple positions, basically one to five, and you're okay with having him be out there. Obviously, uh, there are offensive limitations with his jump shot, but I'm a little more optimistic than I was that he can still do that, and I also think he doesn't need to necessarily develop a great jumper. He can still attack the rim. It's just more about his aggressiveness, and you saw that when Joel Embiid went out that he became more aggressive, and you saw the Ben Simmons that I think a lot of people, including myself, want him to be.
1: You, You brought up a really good point, and that was when Joel Embiid was out. Um, Mm. I think we really saw a different side to him. I think both Mm. defensively and, uh, offensively, we saw a different side to him. That doesn't mean that they can't coexist. I mean, there's, there's totally room for them to coexist. It just means that the coach would have to find a way to potentially space them out. Um, the, the only, so I have a little bit of a hot take maybe in a sense. So what I did between Simmons, Jason Tatum, and my fourth player is that, I looked at their similarity scores, um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I saw, and and I kind of thought about it myself, okay, out of all the players in NBA history, the greats, who does Ben Simmons play the most like? And I think the answer that I came to was Magic Johnson, okay? Mm-hmm. And yep. that's 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 kind of an outlandish take, because Magic Johnson is arguably one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll put this out there before everybody gets mad, I'm not saying that... <laughs> I'm not saying that Ben Simmons is going to be Magic Johnson. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's as good as Magic Johnson was when he was playing. But I think Ben mm-hmm. Simmons can successfully be a poor man's version of Magic Johnson. And that's not anything bad against Ben no. Simmons. No. Um, okay, so listen listen to these stats, okay? Yeah. Ben Simmons, year one, 15-8-8 eight eight on 55% shooting, two steals, one block, uh, box plus minus 4.5. Magic Johnson yeah. for year one. 18 7 and 7 on 53% shooting, two steals, half a block, box plus minus 4.5. Okay? Ex- pretty much the exact same thing. First years yeah. uh, other than a little bit of scoring for Magic, exact same thing. Ben Simmons year 2, 16 9 and 8 on 55%, two steals and a block, box plus minus 4. Magic Johnson year 2, 19 8 and 8 on 53%, three steals, half a block. Box plus minus equals six. Um, Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons, year three, and eight on 56% shooting, two steals, one block. Box plus minus is four. Magic Johnson, year three, and eight, 53%, two steals, half a block, six in the box plus minus category as well. It's Mm -hmm. just, you can tell that there is a difference between the two because one was just more efficient offensively. Yeah. And the other one was a little bit more of an impact player defensively,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's where you see the difference in the box plus minus. But I don't think it's outlandish to say that he could, if Simmons retains and kind of still is aggressive, like you said earlier, I think it's not crazy to say that he could be the best player on a championship team.
0: No, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's ridiculous at all, and I know. I had my big rant at the beginning of the of the season. It seems so long ago now that I was really mad at Ben Simmons for not, you know, really improving or really like he hasn't like taken that step that I think people wanted him to take. And I think that was just mostly for me, which he wasn't aggressive enough. And you saw, you eventually did see that he started to get more aggressive as the season went on, and specifically when, uh, like I said, when Joel Embiid went down. And I, I I've grown a lot on Ben Simmons. I think I've. Kind of watched a bit more of him, and i I've seen I've seen more of his value than, I I then I, I, I kind of, I, don't, I I guess I would say I underrated him before, mm. and I think I've 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 come around a lot on Ben Simmons since then. I think he's a lot better than I really gave him credit for. Not not just, I, I always knew he's a really great defensive player, but his value on offense, I think, I kind of underrated a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, his value on offense, I think, uh, with the right cast, could be really really deadly. Yeah you know yeah. i it really did, he's one of those guys where you can't just plug in and play anywhere he has to right. have a team built around him and i think that's okay certain players are like that like we'll get to another guy in a in a bit in um i mean i don't want to kind of reveal it but we'll get to another <laughs> we'll get to another guy in a bit where you know his defensive limitations just makes it so that you'd have to essentially hide him um on defense and that that you'd have to build a team around him that could potentially do that right um number three you said jason tatum as well i agreed with you yeah uh yeah i think i think it's safe to say that i wouldn't be surprised if these two flip at some point because jason tatum had a phenomenal year this year he finally became a plus defender which Mm -hmm. is uh something that i didn't expect him to do so early i'll uh I'll actually bring this up. This is a this is cool. This is interesting. So, um, a lot of people compare Tatum to Paul Pierce. Uh, obviously, the Celtics and, mm-hmm. and everything, but playing style in terms of in terms of you know the step back that he has, the offensive arsenal, it's it's very similar in a certain way, right? Right. Uh, I'll I'll give you their year three stats, and then I'll give you some stuff about their defense later. So, year three in Tatum, twenty three seven and three with ha- one and a half steals and one block. from the field, 39% from three, an offensive uh, plus-minus of uh, 3.3, defensive plus-minus of Mm 0.6. Paul Pierce, 25 points, six rebounds, three assists, one-and-a-half steals, one block, so pretty much exact same stat line. 45% field goal percentage, 38% from three, offensive uh, box plus-minus, 4.5, defensive box plus-minus, negative 0.1. The thing is that I didn't expect Tatum to become a plus defender this early in his career. Pierce didn't become a plus mm. defender until his 10th year in the NBA. Until right. Rondo, and, and that was the year that Rondo and KG and Ray Allen and everybody came on to the Celtics. So you could actually argue that Pierce never, if he was by himself, would have been a plus defender. Mm-hmm. So. I think offensively, he's he's there in terms of what he can provide, and you know what he can do going forward. But it's just great to see that the defensive side has come along as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I think I think that this that post All Star break stretch from Jason Tatum really has catapulted him into like into people talking about. Like, I know there are a lot of people who were very high on Jason Tatum. I wasn't one of them. And I, cause especially after his second season, he had such a down year in his second year. And yeah. then the first half, and then the first half before the all-star break of this, of this current season, he was still, he was, you saw the improvement a little bit. He was taking better shots. He was getting to the line a little bit more, but it wasn't quite clicking for you. But then after, I think he even said, after he got that weight off his shoulders from the all-star game, he started to play a little bit more free. And you started seeing like his game was all kind of coming together. The defense was there early in the season, but then it really stepped up after the all-star break. And he's, his, shot selection is, has been fantastic this year. I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things aside from his defense is his shot selection has gotten so much better. He's gotten more efficient all around, which is one of the big things I was harping on with Tatum was could he be an efficient player at taking this like, this much high volume like having this high volume could he be an efficient player? And I think he's showing that he can and he can still and he can lead a team offensively while being not their best perimeter defender I still think that's Jalen Brown I think he still gets the the number one matchups and all that on the perimeter but he can still be relied upon you don't have to hide him or anything on, on the wing he can still be a very positive defender
1: I mean I, I think the big thing offensively with Tatum is that he just stopped taking mid-rangers as much as yeah. he took takes three-pointers and that's really helped his game offensively his shot selection has become just uh, it's, it's become it's gotten a lot better and I Absolutely. think that's the that's the main uh, that's the main thing with tatum the difference between year two and year three people expected what they're expecting out of tatum right now uh in year two but i think the Kyrie thing just really really hurt him uh yeah, I, yeah so i i mean we're we're pretty much the same one to three I'm, I'm kind of interested who your four is uh
0: number four uh it was close between a four five and six which was a sub- Sabonis bonus was six, was a little close. I, I ended up being able to differentiate a little bit, mostly based on like where I see them potentially going, like where I like where I see their ceiling, and mm. I think out of the three of those guys, the obvious highest ceiling here is Trey Young. Like I think he definitely is the highest above bonus, and I think that's kind of clear. I, I know I I've mentioned you and I both talked about it. And everyone talks about. Just how bad he's defensively, and then you. But you can also okay. get into how valuable point defense actually is. But I think his offensive game is so strong that you have to like. I, I think that he just like a, he's a tier above Bam Adebayo and Demondus Sabonis. I, I kind yeah. of gave away who the number five is, but
1: yeah. Uh, okay, so we have the exact one to five, exactly the same.
0: Oh, perfect! Great. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean so okay, so there's no discussion, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Take care. Yeah, th- <laughs> thanks.
0: Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Yeah, I think I think there is I, I I'm sure you'll probably agree that I think there's definitely a, there's definitely a tier difference between Trey Young and Bam Adebayo. a bio. We both love Bam, but there are obvious it. there's an obvious difference between like how far Trey Young can go. Like he can still be the be- like the best offensive player on, on a on a championship team. I don't think Bam can ever be the best player on a championship team.
1: No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why I had bundled him into the Simmons and Tatum group, Trey Young, right. because yeah. I, I thought what he was doing offensively was just really unheard of, especially mm. just because he's in, only in his second freaking year. Um, right. You know, the the comparison to Young, who, who has it always been in terms of historical? It's been Steve Nash, right? I mean, a, a lot of people say Steph Curry, but I think yeah. he's probably closest uh playing style wise to steve nash you know the passing the, the overall shooting ability but um, he,
0: probably is, I, he just he probably takes more shots than yeah steve so he's actually, a more high yeah. volume shooter
1: yeah look so i, I remember steve nash a couple of months ago saying in an interview he had wished he shot the ball more in his career trey young is if steve nash knew that from when he got drafted <laughs> like Na- Nash never averaged a season where he averaged more than 20 points. Trey Young has already done that twice in his two years in the league. Um, and, and I think, you know, Trey is going to have a great career because of that. But where Nash and Trey are so similar is funny enough defensively. Just like Trey, mm-hmm. Nash has never had a season where he's had a positive defensive block, box plus minus he just also never has been a plus defender. Never was. I mean, that being said, Nash went on to win two MVPs and led the Suns to sixty wins in multiple seasons. The the Suns found a way to cover Nash's defensive liability. They had some great defenders on their yeah. teams: Rajah Bell, Sean Marion, even Amari Stoudemire. He, although he wasn't like you know out of this world defensively, he could hold his own. Here is the difference, and here is why I think. Trey is going to be in a similar boat to Nash where he could never really get his team over the hump, but I think at a different level, um, the di- the difference in defensive liability is unreal. So listen to this. Trey young has had a box plus minus of negative two and a half each year of his career. Defensive block box. Plus yeah, minus, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nash didn't go below negative 0.8 until his 10th year in his 10th co- year in his career at 33 years old okay he didn't get to that to to trey young's level defensively until he had a broken back in los angeles Yeah, so so that's how bad young is compared to nash defensively like nash was not that good of a defender but trey young really takes it to another level which i think like scoring wise you could say Trey is going to have a great career. He's probably even going to rack up some individual awards like Nash did. But is he going to lead a team to an NBA championship? Is he going to be the best player on a championship team? I don't think so. I I don't think so. And I think that's why I picked uh, Tatum and Simmons over him because I thought those guys can genuinely do that and they could lead their team over the hump. I think Young is one of those guys who's going to constantly get stuck in the conference finals. Like. Because of that defensive liability that he brings, unless they unless they surround him with like all NBA defenders, like the greatest defenders we've ever seen, it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> really really suck to have Trey Young on your team defensively.
0: I don't think it. I, I, I it's tough for me because obviously Trey Young is oh, he's a really bad defender. Like that's pretty clear at this point. But I don't know how much of it is like. It's obviously, like, when you talk about, you mentioned Steve Nash and Trey Young and how similar they are and, like, body type, play style, all of that. It's not that, like, they're very similar body types. It's not like Steve Nash was, like, this overwhelming defensive player where he could get away with being athletic. Even Steph Curry is the same thing. They're, neither of those guys were very athletic where they could, like, hide some yeah. of their defensive defensive flaws like that. It's just because it's the difference between those two, Steph Curry and Steve Nash and Trey Young... Is the effort they give on, on defense? Steph Curry and Steve Nash at least competed defensively. They didn't check out on that yeah. side of the ball. And I think the I think that's the thing with St- with Trey Young, excuse me, is that I think what I think part of it is just the team he's on and how bad this team is and how much yeah. oh, how much of the load he thinks he has to shoulder offensively because the yeah, team that, is so young.
1: No, that's actually a good point. I I think it's because of how much he has to do on the offensive end that he feels like he can take. Tons of possessions off on the defensive end. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's wasting maybe 80% of his energy on the offensive end because he needs to generate so much on that end yeah. for them to even, like, remotely be in close games. The Hawks are bad. The Hawks are a bad. Oh, bad. No, the
0: Hawks are terrible. They're very bad.
1: Uh, but I
0: think that's—it almost seems like they, desi- they, were, they designed themselves to be that way because they started two or three rookies— yeah. In the starting lineup, almost every yeah. game, and then you have second year guys like Trey Young and Kevin Herter. I think I, think, I believe Kevin Herter's in his second year. If it's not his third, if it's not his second, it's his third it year. It might be it well, might not. be
1: his third, but I don't know. Okay, go
0: ahead. I, I, anyway, they're starting a lot of young players, and then they had Jabari Parker as well for a, a majority of the season, but before he got injured, and that's right. just not a recipe for a good defensive team. In having two or three rookies, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and Jabari Parker, like that team's not going to be good defensively. Can Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter get better defensively? Absolutely. They're rookies. They're going to be bad defensively. That's almost a guarantee. So it's going to be interesting if those two can develop and become better defenders like people thought they were, like people thought they could when they got drafted, if that, and adding Clint Capella for a full season next year, whenever that next season comes, how much will that help Trey Young? Like, will they be able to hide him defensively a little bit more? And will he give more of an effort on the defensive end?
1: I think, I think, capella will be a big load off of the defensive end for for trey young because now on now in the screen and roll position right let's say trey young gets stuck behind the screen and now capella kind of has to cover for him i think capella is good enough to be able to cover for a guy like young on that end of things i just the the issue that comes by that is Let's say uh, Capella has to jump out on a shooter, then you lose all of your rebounding ability. You have to kind of make sure John Collins, even Trey, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, whoever's starting, has to crash the boards a lot. So mm-hmm. I, it's I think he'll be able to hide the defensive uh, especially in the paint, you know uh, tr- if Trey Young can lead guys into the paint and kind of just kind of force them to go to where Capella is. It'll it'll be a lot better. It'll I I think that Capella will be a big help to this team, man. To be honest, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see,
0: I, uh, I think I definitely think he'll be a help for Trey Young and that whole Atlanta Hawks team. But
1: yeah. I, I'm
0: just very interested to see what if they get a little bit better, will Trey Young start to give more of an effort on defense? Because that yeah. that
1: that for me, that's where it starts. Is it like how much effort will he give defensively? That's also the thing with just bad teams, right? There's there's these uh, moral set and these like the you know things just. Once you start losing, there's this idea of like, oh, you don't care as much, you know. Yeah. And, and the team starts to care less, and you know you start to give less of a shit. So I, I feel like, in a sense, maybe Trey Young just kind of has given up. He's like, I don't want to waste my defense and, and get tired for no reason. When yeah, I yeah, when I can I still put him. up all
0: these highlights and put all yeah. these numbers off offensively, because that's where the mo- that's where the money's made. Is as Jabari yeah. Parker likes to think, you don't get paid for defense. But I mean, I mean, uh, look I, I, know, look I know, I know, can... Trey Young will never get paid for defense, but. It'll certainly help.
1: Look, it, hey, it paid off for him. He made an All Star team. He started an All Star team, like yep. uh, in his second year. He absolutely year. shouldn't That's, have, but he shouldn't yeah, have started. I, know, I should I
0: say he should have made the All Star team, but he shouldn't have started. But he shouldn't have started. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we both said Bam for five. I, yeah. I, I just you know how much I love Bam. I, we both, I, yeah, I, yeah, we, we both, we both love Bam a like, lot. Like Bam, Bam is just wild, man. The fact that he's only twenty two. Um, let me ask you a question. All right, how many years do you give Ben till he wins a Defensive Player of the Year award? He'll win one in the next three years. I think he'll win one next year. I think uh, it's
0: going to be tough because you know there's still Anthony Davis, Rudy yeah, Gobert, still Rudy Gobert Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think Giannis is probably going to wrap it up this year. I think Giannis is probably going to be the only guy since Hakeem to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, right. and I think Jordan too, right? Um, and you know how much I love Hakeem. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I think Giannis is definitely going to do that this season. It, it's going to be crazy, but I think he'll do it. Um, yeah. I did some I did some cool stuff because the the reason I asked you the Defensive Player of the Year stuff is I I just realized how out of the world Bam's defense was, and I compared him to. Other defensive player players of the year when they were in their third season. Okay, right. uh, so I compared him to Kawhi. I compared him. I compared him to Rudy Gobert, Ben Wallace, and Dennis Rodman. Okay. Oh, all Ben uh,
0: Wallace throwback.
1: Yeah, Ben Wallace, man. Uh, okay, so this is crazy because Ben Wallace has won four Defensive Player of the Year awards. Okay. Yeah. Um. First of all. Uh, him and Kawhi, in, in that list of things, in their third season, they were both tied for the youngest. So they were both 22 years old in their third season. Okay, So all the other guys in their third season were older, older. than Bannon. Yeah. Um, Kawhi was the best defensively, had a defensive blocks, blocks plus minus of 3. Draymond had a defensive blocks plus minus of 2.8. Hakeem at 2.7. Rudy Gobert at 2.2. And right after that, Bam Adebayo at two point one. After Bam, it's a huge drop. Wallace is like one point one, and Rodman is one point one. So he's right in there with the other guys at okay. the at the same time, same trajectory, same year, and he's also fucking younger. Sorry to swear. I'm, I apologize, <laughs> but he's also he's also younger. Like the fact that he's <laughs> the fact that he's doing this. At the same age Kawhi was, by the way, Kawhi might go down as one of the best defenders of all time just because of, like, holy crap. He was a 3.0 defensive box plus minus when he was 22 years old, and he was yeah. doing his NBA Finals against LeBron. So yeah. um, I think that's just unreal to see in terms of what Kawhi did. But that just goes to show you how good a, of a defender Bam is as well. And Absolutely. Yeah. To add on to that, he has – I think he, he's only – he's one of three NBA players – to average 16, 10, and 5 before they were 22. Ridiculous. I, I mean, he's he's like, so good. I, I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's just like one of those hipster things where only NBA hipsters love Bam, but I think Bam should be one of the bigger, upcoming, young superstars in the NBA. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I Especially like playing he for a team like love
0: Miami, love. who have such a culture.
1: Yeah, I feel like he doesn't get enough love. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I like like- people
0: see people see the heat, and people think people see the heat, and they assume it's Jimmy Butler leading that team. And people start they're starting to talk about Duncan Robinson a little bit more. Tyler Hiroga's name gets some buzz, but it's really ba- that's Bam's team. Like Bam is the best player on that team this season. I, I in my opinion, anyway. I think he's without. Ba- I think if you took Bam off that team and left Jimmy, I think they're they, the the drop off is larger than if you took Jimmy and left Bam and, and left. Yeah, and left Bam. Yes. Yes, that's that. That's right. The drop. Draw- yeah, so Yes. Okay. It, yeah, it, I know. It's a saying, l- yeah. the, It's a larger imp- the, the team gets worse if you take Bam off of it, as opposed to if you take Jimmy off of it. Yeah, I agree. And I just, uh, and just to go quickly back to what I said at the beginning, between my five and six, I just I think Sabona. I, I had Sabonis really close because I think he's shown it over the last two seasons that he can be. a really 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 good NBA player and he finally cracked the all-star team this year and I think he's kind of similar to Bam in that he's not a lot of people talk about Demonis Sabonis and I think people should start to talk about him a lot more because he's really good both offensively and defensively I just think the ceiling for Bam is a little is is higher than it is for Sabonis
1: yeah I'm interested to see how Sabonis develops over the next couple of years it's tough because he doesn't get the amount of love uh, because he's in Indiana you know, yeah. not a lot of people. It's funny because it's the Hoosier State, but not a lot of people go to Indiana <laughs> for basketball. And, and exactly, I don't know. That that's just a better market, better place for Bam Adebayo. I just think I also think Bam probably has a bigger, better ceiling than. Um, oh, I, I agree had. with that one hundred percent.
0: I agree one hundred percent. Like that's that's the reason I, I put I put him over. Uh, uh, I put Bam over Sabonis is because I yes. think as a, as a, uh, his ceiling is a lot higher because I think Bam has a lot of room to grow offensively still.
1: It's crazy, man. He's 22. He's only yeah. 20, freaking 2. Um, let us know if you disagree, if you agree, if you think this is uh, a bunch of baloney, if you think uh, Ben Simmons should be number one, although you're probably wrong. Or uh, you're probably,
0: probably no one.
1: Yeah, or you're probably <laughs> no uh, le- Let us know if you're uh, if you think Jason Tatum should be over Ben Simmons. There's there's an argument for that. You could definitely see yeah. that. Um, or hey,
0: maybe you're a big Trey Young fan. you think he should be number one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he,
1: he averages more points than both those guys in both of his seasons. He's done that. So, I mean, yeah. offensively, um, Bam, let us know if Bam shouldn't be in there. What if it's Jalen Brown? What if it's DeMontis Sabonis? What if it's, I don't know, whoever else you want to put in that under 25 category? Um, we're gonna do one the top 25, sorry, top five players under 25 in the Western Conference uh in the following days and we're gonna follow up with that one as well so as always if you guys don't mind give us a five-star rating on apple pods follow us on spotify and you know do all those nice things if you can if you guys like the podcast and you support yeah that's all i got brashai anything else no i I think
0: it was a an episode full of us agreeing with each other, which is always good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It was a lot. It was, we were actually a lot in agreement. Basketball references made me a different man, man. I think uh, <laughs> because, like I, uh, I, I think something and then I say it in my head. I'm like, let me check. And then I check it and I'm it's 55 to 70 percent of the time I'm wrong. So it's. (laughs) That's a big gap. That's a big, big swing of percentage there. (laughs) See, look, even that, I I messed up. Um, As always, guys, make sure to follow us and do all those things. uh, And have a good one. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Bye.